looks like we're we're ready. Fuck it, we're live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of Brigham Young Money. If you are hearing this, well, I, I have some bad news because I'm the one who's hosting the podcast this week because Kyle has been compromised to a permanent end. Uh, our condolences go out to his friends and family, but you know, next man up mentality. So you get to hear me, who's a lot worse than Kyle. Sorry about that, but we got the JV squad. It's Jordan. It's Greg. But we also have an incredibly special guest tonight, a man who really needs no introduction. If you listen to this podcast, you know who the Trillbilly Workers Party are. We're huge, huge fans of them. Our guest for the evening, Tom Sexton. Tom, how are you? What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks about, for coming about on. two hours past my bedtime. I hope I'm fresh enough. I took a little, <laughs> took a little cat nap before we hopped on this. <laughs> this is, yeah, a man who's who's working overtime. It's a Thursday, right? It's like the official uh, start of the weekend, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not working tomorrow. I, I was, like, very <laughs> diligent about that today at work. Like, I sent – I have, like, my out of office, and then I sent, like – we have an office Slack, and I was like, I am not going to be here. I will be without cell reception. Do not – I don't exist to any of you until Tuesday. <laughs> Classic four-day. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It, it's a holiday starting tomorrow anyway. Like, even if you go to work tomorrow, you're not doing anything. No. Like, that's, that's a day where you, like, you look for somebody in a queue cold next he's like oh they're not here ah oh, fuck it i'll grab them wednesday next week or something it doesn't matter no it's yeah. like this is why we have coined the term fuck it friday <laughs> did we coin it or was that just you that i mean well i didn't coin anything but like fuck it friday is something that's been around for a long time <laughs> i think it's yeah. we'll 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 like out long after we're gone <laughs> yeah this is a i mean this is a capitalist society fellas i know that's a big <laughs> big breaking news here on this podcast but you know, all of us are working for the weekend. <laughs> Especially the good folks at Fox News who are apparently. Oh, yes. That's a hell of a segue. I got to I got to talk about this just real quick because this came through the timeline. Um, I don't know. Just like God, a couple a couple of uh, hours ago by uh, Will Somner, the incredible uh, reporter for the Daily Beast, who uh, kind of specializes in the you know the dystopian beat. You know, if he first of all, like you can always tell if someone's a big piece of shit if Will <laughs> Somner's following them. <laughs> that that kind of yeah. tends to be like the telltale sign, where it's like you know he'll be the one person out of like my friends group and the people like all of my mutuals who I follow who will like be following some like just like terrible like right wing grifter who's like you know really big in like the alpha male sphere yeah, yeah. which is like that's kind of a guilty pleasure of us on this show is that we like you know we all went to alpha con when that was a thing and like I don't know I have a fascination with that I feel like both Jordan and I especially kind of missed our callings not being like just fake alpha male guys who you know like sell people sawdust and Tide Pods and <laughs> make billions of dollars listen man it's not too late we can we can still do we, we can write this shit I'm, I'm we can kind do of it. ready to make a, a heavy pivot man in fairness, I, I just look. I would buy sawdust off both of you. So, oh I guess well, thank I, you. Yeah. I mean, you can thank our our old dead senator Orrin Hatch for even being able to do that. So, <laughs> we thank is, him for our Orin service. Dead? Orrin's it? dead as hell. Okay, I did. I knew he had one foot in the grave when he did like yeah. grab the fake glasses. Remember that video that was going around? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know the. Uh, I, I forgot. I really wish I could remember who tweeted out 
but it was like the day he died and the, the tweet basically said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like Orrin Hatch, like no one in the world in America has like really personified the the perfect American life more than Orrin Hatch of working until you're 85 and then dying three years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that thing anyway. went long for this world. When no, he, he's dead as hell and um, – we're all better for it, I think. Yeah, I, I digress, though. Going back to Will Somner, he's the one who has been following and, and reporting on the Dominion uh, lawsuit, which, you know, they filed against Alex Jones and now they have filed against Fox News. And this came again through the timeline earlier this today he says uh, this filing in the Dominion lawsuit against Fox News is one of the most remarkable documents I've ever seen filled with private texts between Fox stars like Hannity and Carlson plus Murdoch all admitting they knew Fox's stolen ele- or stolen election claims were lies. <laughs> Can we just like, is this is this surprising <laughs> to anyone? Like I'm not surprised. Do you know how bad you have to fuck up to make a company called Dominion seem like a victim? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Sorry, but eminent domain was taken. (laughs) Listen, we here at uh, Child Killing Industries, we we believe in a good, hearty work practice here. And we just we don't want to be slandered in this way. Us us at Toddler Guillotine. No, it's it's absolutely insane. And like you just did no one ever learn if you're going to do something illegal, you never put it on text. Like, like has, have none of these people ever watched it like a single movie about dealing drugs? <laughs> Dude, it, it does kind of answer one question that I've always wondered is like and I've suspected that what what Will's uncovered here is or what he's tweeted out here was the truth is like. They're all in on the grift. But I always wondered yeah. if they were just like if they were true believers or if they're just like all con men and that. And I guess we have our answer. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like there's been multiple lawsuits that have been brought up on like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity. And like their yeah. their number one defense when that happens is like, oh, I'm not like I'm not a journalist. I'm a talk show host. I play a character. It's like the right. same shit that like Alex Jones's lawyers were, were pulling in his defamation suits you know that right. and, and you know and i think there's a real parallel here like if if dominion has all of this stuff and then you're sean hannity and you see what your friend alex jones just went through you've got to be shitting your pants right yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, no it, it really is something too because you like look at like the the text that like will sumner came up with another two and a lot of them were just dealing with the fact that they're terrified that newsmax <laughs> is somehow gonna like scoop their demographic from them so it, like it's all just like we we have to be crazier or else Janine yeah. Pirro's gonna go work for like OAN or something like that and be even more <laughs> insane. It's yeah, it's like a weird like disinformation pissing contest. <laughs> yeah. It's very I don't know, it's very strange and like we talk about this a lot that I think a lot of us kind of on the on the show and listeners as well kind of border on on cynicism, if not outright nihilism about like wealthy and like very powerful people actually being brought to justice. And I think, you know, the jury's still out on that with this, but I don't know, maybe there's a precedent with the Alex Jones thing. And I, I really hope there is. But again, like there's that there's that tingling in the back of my mind right now where it's like is anything really going to happen to these people? I mean, like if 
if like and like will they be able to just like bounce back or is it going to be like an Oliver North all like Iran Contra thing where eventually they just like, you know, become head of the NRA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they get like a little like slap on their wrist and they get a fine or whatever. And then like, yeah, they end up going to Newsmax or like starting their own network and making even insane, more money. Yeah. Insane deal. Yeah. And become even more insidious. Cause like we all know, like that's the running theme that like people in power don't get held accountable like nobody went to jail over the financial collapse nobody went to jail over 9-11 like you know again like it was a slap on the wrist for iran contra even like this week there was this story that came out what like two days ago about matt gates not like the justice department basically dropping the case of him uh sex trafficking uh minors in florida Oh yeah, Nestor, like his yeah, yeah, uh, that whole thing. <laughs> Free yeah. Nestor. Um, well, I mean, I think there might be consequences for this one too, because I think the only time you really do see consequences for anything like this is if you fuck with the money, and right. like, yeah. like, like that's it too. Like the only thing that's really like the like main like unifying principle in America nowadays is pretty much if you make us a little bit poorer because you kept saying things about us, we will just destroy you. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're Madison Cawthorn and you talk about the, uh, you know, the right wing orgies, <laughs> those are the only, those are the, yeah, the only two, you fuck up the money and you fuck up the orgies and then it's just, you know, it's sayonara. Poor bastard, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of like the, we, we talked about, that was like our, we did like a whole end of uh, 2022 episode and we talked about that, like that won the award for like the funniest moment and watching that all unfold in real time yeah. was like, especially like he wheels himself out of Kevin McCarthy's office and he's just like, he, he looked like he was Henry, <laughs> he looked like he was Henry Hill, like yeah, yeah. as the helicopters are, <laughs> are following him from you know dropping yeah. off the guns to like going back and stirring the gravy yeah kevin mccarthy gives him 900 bucks says now i gotta say i will God. give uh i will give cawthorn this and i won't give him much if there was pictures of me leaving like my boss's office just visibly crying afterwards too i would have just resigned right there it's like there's there's no coming back from he this. didn't resign after there was a video of him basically mouth fucking his cousin uh, <laughs> <laughs> not the best look in the world <laughs> no it is really wild though like that you do watch like right wingers they just it, it does seem like the strategy is just the double and triple and quadruple down because eventually you're just gonna like you're gonna get away scot-free if you keep doing that yeah it's like the blackjack strategy of just right. like doubling your bet every time if yeah, you got yeah, bottomless yeah. pockets theoretically you could never lose yeah <laughs> house never wins if you double down yeah <laughs> yeah oh. what an amazing time anyway anyway what do we got next greg oh uh, should we hit the drop oh man i i, I I don't, I don't know. I, I always like doing this around Kyle. I feel embarrassed around company, but why not? I mean, this is this is such a staple when it comes to the show. This is like we're not running a top tier operation here. P people know that who have listened. Like we're you know we're over a hundred episodes deep now. People know to keep their expectations at bay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do need just really quickly. Really quickly, oh. I need to. Oh, go ahead and hit the drop. Fuck it, whatever. <laughs> Oh boy, oh boy. Welcome to hell, oh, you motherfucker! Oh boy, 
First, first and foremost, the big news. I was going to tell you guys in the intro, but it slipped my mind. I, I do have to brag because I got my dear, sweet, incredibly Mormon mother to listen to Chapo Trap House this week. What you think? She actually really liked it. I mean, it, we we've we've kind of had a running thread about what's going on. Like we've got a big family text thread, and you know we discuss what everyone's doing and like big headlines and stuff. And we've been talking about the. Uh, the train derailment that happened in Ohio. And so I sent them, you know, like, Hey, you know, bad language alert, but you know, will, will Meneker of Chapo trap house had David Sirota on to talk about that. And, you know, I thought he did a very like thorough job and my mom's, you know, texted me back and she was like, wow, that was very upsetting, but thank you for sharing. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say that I'm doing my part. Yeah, that's right. We're it's it's slow. I got her to vote for Bernie in the primary, and now this like, what I'm saying is we're making progress. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just respect you for having like a family group chat. You talk about these things with. I could not do that. Listen, I got to do something. I mean, that's my mom's out of the family. You've seen the emails my dad sends me. <laughs> yeah, those those are always just a different stripe of the zebra. There, it's 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 yeah, hard. It's, to, Listen, man, my dad, my, and, and at this point, I love my dad. My dad is 90 years old. You are, you are not changing those stripes. <laughs> Sometimes no. you got to just, you got to accept what you can't change. That's true. <laughs> I, I, I think anyone above the age of 70, it's like, you know what? You just be nice to them and um, try not to bring up anything upsetting. It's, it's not going to go well. <laughs> yeah. You know what, uh, Jordan, I'm going to pass the torch to you. This is usually my job, but we're kind of doing opposite day here. And I, I had you write these today since I was super busy. So why don't you, uh, why don't you take it away? All right. I want to talk about something that's been driving me insane for probably about a week or two now. And it's mainly how our Senator keeps trying to do diplomacy on Twitter using his burner account that he subscribes <laughs> to Twitter blue with. Wait, hold on a second, hold on a second. So that, that really is Mike Lee? Based yeah, Mike him. Lee is a real thing, yes. But it's him running yes. the base account. Yes, Really? He's a 50-something-year-old man in the year of our Lord 2023 referring to himself as based. Oh, that's not good. That's no good. <laughs> Listen... Yeah, that's that's him. Um, it's it's so sad. Like Utah, I mean, Utah is a very you, special place. How can you be the member of probably the most prestigious and powerful like legislative body on the planet and be like, yeah, I'm gonna start my own Twitter account and call myself based? I don't say this a lot about guys like Mike Lee, but it's beneath him. <laughs> it really kind of is. <laughs> you know? Like we've talked we've talked about that a lot. Like Mike Lee, the Lees are like Utah political royalty. Like they're basically like the Kennedys of Utah at this point. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of a political dynasty too, because the yeah. Utils are, are are Lees as well. The Gordon Smith was a Lee. Like you have like four senators in that damn family itself. And then Mike Lee has to start his own little base Twitter account so he can be like essentially the senator's version of a groiper. It's 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 wonderful. <laughs> he's so, be- like he's like Benny Johnson, but with an actual vote. Benny Johnson helped him set up the account. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. Uh, not not great to have Benny Johnson uh, helping sitting senators set up based accounts. <laughs> Listen, 
Benny Johnson can do some good good work out there. Like that article he did on on Fort on where was it? Was it Fort Bragg? Not Fort Bragg, the one in Texas, Fort Hood. Oh, that's where right. He just like he got sent on assignment by BuzzFeed News. Just go like. Oh, that's one of the most know dystopian have, things. Did you know they have a Burger King here? Did you know they have banks like everywhere else? Did you <laughs> know they have a post office? <laughs> Single, it's just like he- double, triple overdose. <laughs> it, it's one of those things you read where it's like an AI could just write this. Like, honestly, if this is the type of work that not only got submitted, but published by Buzzfeed, you know, let AI take over all the listicle websites. We don't need them. It's like, yeah. Like if chat GPT just like consumed the Ben Shapiro show for like two weeks. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) But, uh, but anyway, I want to talk about based Mike Lee because he's been on a tear trying to do diplomacy off of his Twitter page, mainly tweeting clocks at the Japanese prime minister. Wait, is he doing that from based Mike Lee or his actual like? From base Mike Lee. He doesn't really tweet from his actual one, despite the fact that he has like his senatorial one, which is official one. And there's like his campaign one, which he used unofficially too. The weirdest thing is when he retweets himself as base Mike Lee. Oh, so no. it, it's, it, it's, it's a lot. And I just, I don't know why he does this. But yeah, anyway, he's been doing this to the Japanese prime minister because he's trying to get a naval lieutenant who took his car and plowed into a crowd in Japan and killed two people to try and get him released early because he's being held unfairly or something. Oh, yeah. It wasn't that the whole stink with Brittany Griner. Uh, yeah, because he's like, why are we having a naval officer? Yeah, was he Who, the other guy? Everybody like always said, like, oh, well, we're gonna let Brittany Griner out, but not this guy. Oh, this is a different guy altogether. This oh, is a gee, guy who. Okay. Who was climbing Mount Fuji and apparently had some sort of medical issue or something like that. They stopped the car and he's like, no, I'm fine. I can keep driving. And then apparently had that issue again and then plowed into a crowd of people. Oh, Jesus. But anyway, it, it's kind of funny that like the Jeff, that he just keeps tweeting like, you need to release this proud American warrior by the 28th of February. <laughs> Or we will start reassessing our military alliance with Japan. As if that's something they're going to do right now as they're trying to like crank the pressure on China and all that too. Yeah. That or that he could unilaterally influence. Yeah, like not only are you just like one senator, you're the senator in the minority party in the Senate too. Like you have to get a lot of people rolling together. And the yeah. foreign policy understander has fully logged on. But like, <laughs> yeah. But he's doing the same thing as he did for like the same reason he has this account anyway is so he can just like tweet like epic things and like when it doesn't happen to he can just blame Biden for it or whatever and just it just moves on like I I set this deadline this arbitrary deadline that no one followed and it's because America's weak especially our leadership at the top. You know, you know, if Mike Lee really, you know, wanted to make a difference and really strike the fear into the prime minister of Japan, you think he would just like tweet the gun that like, like the, the homemade blunderbuss <laughs> that took out Shinzo Abe. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the way to move it. <laughs> you know, like it's just like random homemade guns, like the type of, you know, like something like Travis Bickle would make. 
And then he would say something like, I keep that motherfucking thing on me or yeah, something Yeah, exactly. Like that, yeah, that, you know? that's a good base post. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, you know, in Just, the, you know, in, in my country, we believe in the Second Amendment or some dumb bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just doing that with like adding the Japanese prime minister just going on site <laughs> with, a, with a doohickey. That's not really a gun. It's just a doohickey. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's name is Ridge Alconis. It's like a fucking uh, John Carpenter ass like villain. Name Ridge Alconis. Yeah. You know, that guy played first base for the Atlanta Braves in 1994. <laughs> yeah. That is a yeah. baseball ass name. Yeah, that's is, true. Yeah, that is like one of the first goons in like an action film that gets taken out in the first act. Yeah, yeah, like that's the type of guy that the Colorado Rockies brought in at the end of his career just to sell tickets. Yeah, well, <laughs> one half of like uh, an alternate Bash brother with like Pete yeah. and Cavillia or some shit. Like that. <laughs> yeah, he was a number five hitter after Todd Helton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I I just wanted to talk about Base Mike Lee's account because it's one of those things that just like sticks with me. And the fact that his first tweet from this account was, this account is no cap, bussin' for real, for real. Mike Lee using AAVE. The oh, haters man. can't handle this frickin' smoke. Oh, and now he's trying to, like, mix it with Utah, like, nomenclature. Ew. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it, I mean, that kind of There needs to be the, an age limit for Twitter. <laughs> and like yeah. I, I know that I'm approaching that, which no, I'm no. okay with. Like the second I turn forty, take my phone away from me. Just do it. Throw it in the trash <laughs> compactor. I don't deserve it. <laughs> I mean, gonna enjoy these next three years, though. Man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the next story because I'm tired of that one. Nikki Haley he joined the presidential so race. Who cares? She's gonna <laughs> lose. I mean. It is funny to see what Trump said about her too, though. <laughs> That's the only good thing about like having the, all these like second tier Republicans candidates come on to it, just because like Donald Trump can just savage them on like Truth Social for like a day and then just like move on. And then you know, that, yeah. between that and then him calling Ron DeSantis Ron Me- or Meatball Ron, kind of feels like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Like that's that's an all timer. It kind of feels like Trump got the Tommy John surgery. Yeah, uh, did, yeah. whoever was advising him on desanctimonious, he was yeah. like, "Nah, well, I like got to flow you, from within here." If you He's watched his, Ron. <laughs> yeah, we talked about when he announced that he was running again in 2024, and just how dog shit and boring that speech was. It was like this feels like watching Patrick Ewing on the Magic. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like now, again, it, it feels like he's, you know, he's he's moved into the bullpen. He's a reliever, but he got that Tommy John surgery and you're starting to see that fastball come back. Yeah, which is all I want. Like if it's it's going to end up being Biden and Trump again in 2024. And at this point, like we're just it's like the 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 old chapo thing about him talking about like how you you're choosing how you want to die and i just don't really care at this point like just give me jokes yeah i just want to laugh i just want to laugh about it yeah <laughs> I, I i do find this thing funny about like ron DeSantis because he's done everything possible to make his appearance and his mannerisms 
just copy Trump as much as humanly he possible. He started doing like, the, like the weird hand thing. Yeah. Like the, the hand gestures. The weird hand, the weird hand things, the long tie, the, the weird fitting suits. The pursed lips when he would talk. Even, even the hair, all the way down to the hair too. Yeah. And like Donald Trump takes a look at this guy and like, this is a grotesque figure. Get him away from me. <laughs> yeah. it this really, is Meatball Raw. <laughs> it really makes me laugh because it reminds me of like when I would watch The Sopranos and like the thing that always made me laugh the hardest is when Tony Soprano would call other people fat fucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like there's so much parallel between that two. It's so funny. Like that's the best part about Trump is that he really is – one of the funniest men to ever live, but I think he's just completely oblivious to it, which only makes it that much funnier. So good. So good. Also, it's funny that somebody was like advising uh, Ron DeSantis and it's like, oh, yeah, these are the things people love about Trump is his, his weird hair and the purse yeah. lips. It's like those work for him. Yeah. Nobody else. And yeah, like, it's. It's a thing from Moneyball too. If you, if you play like the Yankees in here, you're going to lose to the Yankees out there. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's the same thing. It's like, you can't be Donald Trump. There is one Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis is just off-putting when he tries to speak for more than 20 seconds. So it's like, you can't do that. Oh, I'm so, so excited for the primary though. I am too. Like, I want honestly, it to be like, again, like 2016 where there was like, I don't know, like, a dozen, like a dozen and a half or so GOP candidates and just Trump went in on all of them. Like little Marco, I want another, uh, you know, I want Ted Cruz in it again so we can talk about how his dad is the Zodiac killer and call his wife ugly. <laughs> like I want, give me all of it. Like, <laughs> politics is already reality TV in this country at this point. Like we, we literally uh, elected a game show host. <laughs> like just just feed me my slop at this point that's yeah, that's yeah. all i care that's all i want entertain me as God, long as they have the two-tier so debates good. yeah i want the two-tier debates because those are the best things ever because i just love seeing some sort of like red state agricultural commissioner going up against some sort of like like nikki haley being dropped into the dredges to like discuss <laughs> like critical race theory right alongside like a bunch of people who will get less than Five votes in Iowa. <laughs> I don't even think Nikki Haley is going to make it to Iowa. Oh, no think, chance. No, chance. no, 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 no. Yeah. Like she's she's going to pull worse than Kamala in 2020. She's going to get to like the first round of debates and run out of money. And like, well, I'm suspending my campaign for now, but maybe we'll be back. And they're never back. And they'll yeah. never be back. Yeah. <laughs> like the snows of yesteryear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last story for our headlines. We have that fun New York Times op-ed on J.K. Rowling right after they received letters from Glad and uh, over 100 New York Times contributors saying, hey, maybe lay off trans people a while, which, of course, they can't do. <laughs> like, it's so easy to just not be a turf. It is. But, like, this one, like, brings me to, like, why do newspapers, I, I know why they have op-ed sections. It's got to be, like, the voice of, like, whoever owns the paper, too. So it's not sure. just, like... So you can control at least somewhat of a narrative because why else would you like give David Brooks money willingly? Oh but, God. <laughs> or man, that's a murderer's row on the New York times on two, but it seems like David Brooks and Brett Stevens and Brett Stevens, ex-wife who wrote this one for JK Rowling. That, that, that was his ex. Yes. Oh my it's God. Paula, whatever. Yeah. Paula. I can't remember. Paula page. 
Oh my God, y'all, y'all been holding out on me. I didn't know that. I wish I had known that today. <laughs> and apparently, like not only that, like she's also been pretty big on like the literary pages of the New York Times. See, where anyone who's made fun of Brett Stevens got blackballed from the New York Times on coverage awesome. for their books. I don't. I, it's so weird because you look at her and it's like I don't. I, don't, I, I say this because I, I come from a people that. She just kind of looks a little trashy. I would think Brett would kind of not be into that. You know, not, I, I guess not all of them are coastal elites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As fellow people of flyover country, we understand that quite well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, that was terrible, and I don't think there's anything that you don't have to tolerate turfs, and J.K. Rowling doesn't deserve anything, especially not people defending her because she lives in a literal castle she's a fucking billionaire she doesn't need anything for you from you like i always i always go back when we we talk about these shitty people about liam anderson what he said on our pod if he was a billionaire where he was like if i was a billionaire i would buy an island not a pedophile island but just like a regular like rich person island and like i would set up a panopticon and like I would have people bring me snacks and I would play video games and I would do whatever I want and none of you would ever hear from me ever again. Yeah, I'd be the architect from the Matrix. Like yeah. that would just be me. Like it would be for a billion dollars, you'd never see or hear from me again. I would be the patron saint of fucking off. Yeah, <laughs> I really wish I could say that, but I free like that would free up so much free time for me. Like I would also just still be a poster. But the bad thing is about it is like you have no like adversity in your life anymore, so you just become Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah that video of him that came out last week of like the pe- like the people in his inner circle who are just literally there to compliment him was one of the, like the saddest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh man. There is something to be said about our ruling class being so pathetic that you somehow like have like small bursts of sympathy for them for just how they cannot operate on like the same level as like normal human beings. Like I know that I'm not a very like I'm I'm a very like just mediocre person. You know, I feel like I like I fit the mediocre white guy uh, stereotype quite well. I do, however, feel a bit entitled to like. I feel like I deserve better villains in my life. <laughs> what do you mean you're mediocre? You're like six five and built like a fucking tank. You're you're far from mediocre, my friend. Fine, but I'm tall. <laughs> sure, I would See, not say that. Like, puts you I'm over like, the top. I'm not like an elite person in any sort of way. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, if you were able to dunk for most of your adult life, that puts you, you're not mediocre. You can't Fine, be. I'm a better than average athlete. There you go. <laughs> but see, that's, that, that sucks too, though, if you're like, like inordinately tall and you like don't play in the NBA, though. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I will say, uh, being 6'5", if I never could dunk, I probably wouldn't be alive right now. <laughs> It's like no, if I if I if I get duck, I would have killed myself yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, like if you, there is that sort of like tipping point there. If you're not like seven foot seven, like Sean Bradley, who still couldn't play basketball really, but still was able to like do something because at least he was that tall. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a hard time there. Yeah, yeah. 
Nonetheless, regardless, even if I am tall, I still believe that I deserve better supervillains in my life. (laughs) There needs to be someone better than J.K. Rowling and Elon Musk. Oh, my God. Or just better than our local supervillains, too. Yeah. What you want to get into? (laughs) Speaking of which, good news, everyone. The All-Star Game's coming to town. And God... The vibes are fucked. I, I'm sorry. Like everything yeah. just feels bad. I will say I said it on, uh, I recorded on salvageable today earlier with Sarah and I, w- I had to drive through downtown today, um, to get to my house and it's a nightmare. Like downtown Salt Lake is worse than it was in the Olympics. It, like, how, how, what's, how many people are in Salt Lake City? Salt Lake itself, like the, the Salt Lake City is about a half a million people, but Salt Lake County has well over two million. So it's kind of like I, I bet it's kind of like Louisville for the Kentucky. Derby. Yeah, it just turns into yeah. just what unmanageable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just it was just a nightmare. And I'm driving through, and I I just have that that Kamala speech in my head. You know, when she was talking to the migrants, and it's just you know, <laughs> do not do not come, yeah. do not come, <laughs> just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> do not go. Uh, were those shirts were the shirts that said slut real oh yeah so, I don't, so like that's been a thing i don't know if the shirts that were were online but like slu comma ut has been a thing for a very long time like, like i had like, a, y'all do I like had city merch count you know like yeah that yeah yeah deal. like yeah. city yeah. merch yeah like yeah. i had a sh- i had that shirt when i was 18 years old in high school <laughs> 20 years ago and was that's that when it was funny and people cool. or was that like <laughs> at the yeah. time it was fun funny i see it now and it just it makes me like really kind of almost upset like <laughs> this isn't this is a trope that was it's just not funny anymore grow up yeah, we're still doing this <laughs> yeah, it made yeah. me laugh in like 2004 and all that too yeah but yeah it, that shirt was definitely fake because i'm pretty sure if they um if any shirt company decided to put Jerry West as Angel Moroni on top of the temple. <laughs> You'd have two massive organizations oh, yeah. trying to kill you. <laughs> you have some Harry Dean Stanton and fucking Big Love motherfucker coming to murk you. <laughs> oh no no no! You wouldn't have like the the Harry Dean Stanton types. You'd have the corporate lawyer types that are uh, much more yeah, scary than the, Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm afraid of the legitimate church far more than the Warren Jeffs one. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're far they're far richer and way more litigious. Uh, okay, so it's they will ruin you. Oh, they yeah. won't kill you with a shotgun, but they'll do it with a briefcase. So you yeah, know. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, yeah, all star games in town. The 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 festivities are starting up tonight for a weekend that I'm just going to stay in my house and never leave because honestly, I don't think anything's going to be good during any of it. I'm literally packing up. I'm getting out of town. I'm going to the desert. Yeah. Greg's getting the fuck out of here, which honestly good for you. I didn't on it. I was, I've been, so I've been planning this. I do an, an annual like bike trip with my buddies every year. And this just happened to be the weekend that we were all free. And when I initially planned it, I had no idea that it was all star weekend. So Ended up really falling in my favor. <laughs> like anyway. I have TNT, I can watch it at home and be way more comfortable. Yeah, it's like every jazz game I've ever watched on television. It's like eh, I'm glad I'm here and not there. I don't want to spend fourteen dollars for a Corona. 
Well, I had the thought to come out. My cousin is on this big tear. He's like retiring at 39. He's got all the money in the world. He's like, oh, nice. man, let's go to the fucking All-Star game. I was like, hell yeah, I'll call Greg and Sarah. And then I, I text Sarah and I was like, seems like maybe y'all aren't as enthused for this. <laughs> it's probably like, it's a, it's a cool, I would say like, it's probably a lot cooler for an out-of-towner who's never been here before and like being able to experiencing it it and like i mean you're talking about like two ex-mormon very jaded leftists here <laughs> <laughs> who, who host a pod like a despair podcast about local politics <laughs> listen i saw the olympics in town i don't know how i can top it i'm good thank you yeah i like and honestly, I think the 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 thing for me, I I would have loved to to have gone to some of the events, and then I saw the prices, and it was like I'm not I'm not spending two thousand dollars on a ticket to watch like Zion Williamson in like a terrible NBA patch jacket. Yeah, it's like, well, you're not gonna see him anyway. He's injured, isn't he? I know. That's what I'm saying. He's gonna be uh, on the sideline. Yeah. No, it's like all the events are like 50 bucks at the very least. Like I was, I was even going to go see like the, the HBCU classic between Grambling and Southern. That still was like 20 bucks. And I was like, well, it's also at the Huntsman center and that's a son of a bitch to get to. So I don't know if I'm going to do that. There's a lot of cognitive dissonance in that sentence. Salt Lake city, Grambling, <laughs> But Bonnie Jones had a tweet about that yeah. that made me laugh too. He's like, I would love to see what kind of crowd that brings in Salt Lake City. <laughs> <laughs> and, and judging since we can't, my dear, dear University of Utah running Utes can't seem to even fill the damn place for when Arizona comes to town. I don't think they're going to be able to do it for the HBCU. I'm, it's tragic, but... Um, Kind of realistic, sadly. Oh man! Well, I, what what do y'all think about uh, the dunk contest here? I we got put on think- for Mac McClung, Hillbilly Excellence, right here. <laughs> oh, that's right. He where is he? He's he's it's from Gate kind City. Of, it's the next yeah. town over oh. from Whitesburg, across the mountain. Yeah, I knew he was he was from Appalachia. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then let's hell yeah, well, let's cheer for him. He was cool on like Instagram three four years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I liked watching him at Georgetown. He was yeah. fun. Uh, you know I, <laughs> I, I I thought it was funny just for like the judges they picked for this one too, uh, oh. mainly because of the way they ordered him too. Because I don't know who at the NBA had the sense of humor to put Carl Malone right next to a person whose last name was Minor. <laughs> That, that's a great move. That right was there. a great tweet. Was it Harold Miner? Yeah. yeah. Maybe Jordan's back on the scene. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It also like makes me think like, why did you get Carl Malone? Carl Malone never participated. I, I know you got to shoehorn him in somewhere because it's fucking jazz, but, yeah. but he was never much of a dunker. Like he just had that one move where he put the hand behind his head and just like, uh, <laughs> that's yeah, the, the one that they've had a coin to mailman because <laughs> yeah. You couldn't get Daryl Griffith, Dr. Duncanstein. Couldn't get him. No. All right. Whatever. But like, also like. Yeah, Carl Malone would have been a better fit for like, you know, if they had judges for the, remember when they did the skills challenge? I, they're still doing it. Still doing that seems that. more Carl speed yeah. in the dunk contest. <laughs> yeah, like have him host it or something. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also like they got Dominique Wilkins for it, which is really funny for like a jazz context too, because Dominique Wilkins famously did not want to go to the jazz when they drafted him. 
They, well, it they also would have bankrupted the franchise. Oh, it would have. Yeah, they they had to sell him to Ted Turner for like a million bucks just to make payroll that week. <laughs> <laughs> That's how great the Jazz were doing in like 1981. <laughs> but anyway, he finally arrived 42 years later. It's oh, it's so good. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, I got an article I want to share with us too, just because it's uh about our our wonderful owners of the Utah Jazz, Ryan and Ashley Smith, and their vision for what they think the All Star Game is going to be. And it's by Andy Larson from the Salt Lake Tribune. And um, let's just get right into it. A few weeks before the NBA's biggest party was set to descend on Salt Lake City, the recording artist Travis Scott joined Utah Jazz Ryan Smith in his suite at Vivint Arena. There, according to Smith, Scott made a proclamation. Quote, he just screams out, I love Utah, Smith recalled. I was like, what was that? He's like, I love Utah. There's just something here that I love. I always come here. I see the mountains. It's refreshing. It's wellness. It's healthy. Like, I love it here. He's got a group chat text with uh, Post Malone and NBA Youngboy. <laughs> Famously Mormon now, NBA Youngboy. <laughs> Is it? That's apparently we t- we talked about that on our last episode where apparently he he has had the the missionary discussions and is getting baptized as soon as he can leave his house when his house arrest is up. Interesting. Yeah, apparently he bought some like gigantic palatial estate somewhere in the Salt Lake Valley. Really? Yeah, it's does, really wild. Does he have a pool or something? They could just do it in the backyard. Yeah, you there. think. I mean, it is it is February. You just have to have full immersion. That's it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think on the bathtub, you're not able to do it there. I, I have to apologize. I'm not an expert on on one Mr. NBA young boy. I have his no personal affairs, but I honestly have no idea who he is. Like the, when everyone started bringing up this story, he was like, yeah, I think I've got a couple of his songs on my workout playlist. I but didn't again, know that. Yeah. You're talking about a white guy from Utah in his late 30s. He doesn't exactly don't exactly fit the NBA young boy demographic. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, well, anyway, back to this quote. And that's the vibe we get a lot. And that's a story we probably need to tell a lot more. So if you haven't been able to tell right now, the jazz owner, Ryan Smith's kind of a bit of a star fucker. I mean, besides like the amount like he spends around like Tim Apple of Apple computers. <laughs> Damn and, and brought Dwayne Wade into the fold for the like the cloud basically oh yeah just mainly for the cloud more than anything I mean I'm glad Dwayne Wade's here just because like that classes up the jazz more than probably any human being in the, the jazz organization has ever done in the past right but, so what's Dwayne Wade's role with the jazz he is he, a minority owner he owns like 2% of the jazz yeah so, so like, Salt Lake City is getting ready to be ruined. Basically, it's like it's oh yeah. kind of becoming a cool place to be. And you know what? It, you know what Salt Lake has become because we have a very healthy tech industry, and there's even like there's there's a, a, a city called Lehigh that's about 30, 40 minutes away from Salt Lake City that has like is kind of the epicenter for all of this tech business. It's literally called Silicon Slopes. It is the new Silicon Valley. And what we are experiencing now in Salt Lake City is basically what the Bay Area experienced during the dot-com era with like just massive gentrification and uh, really terrible city planning and everything. Like cost of living has skyrocketed. Like rent has almost doubled in the city in the last five years. 
And like with that, you get uh, incredible amounts of displacement and there's a legitimate homeless crisis here. And there's just a cavalcade of problems that come with this unbelievable growth in like a hyper capital kind of place. There is something about like a place that you think of as having snow capped mountains that makes these people want to flock to Asheville, North Carolina. Same thing. Same crowd, same problems. Yeah, yeah. Like Salt Lake is a beautiful place. So there's a reason we live here. Yeah. It, it, it certainly isn't because our ancestors followed some asshole uh, 170 <laughs> years ago. Right. That too. But you know. Hey, hey, details. details. <laughs> no, it's, I, I feel like it's just like people see like a Patagonia catalog. It's like, you know what? I should be closer to that. <laughs> Where can I do that? We do have kind of, yeah, we've kind of cornered the market when it comes to, you know, Patagonias and Subarus. Yeah, I was about to say like assholes and and uh, and uh, Patagonia vests is pretty much a dime a dozen now. Yeah, you 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 host a uh, Real Housewives franchise. That's yeah, I mean, if that doesn't put us on the map, what yeah. will? We're speaking that means which, you made it. Jen Shaw going to prison tomorrow didn't make the itinerary, boys. You you you. We're waiting. We're doing a bonus sh- episode. <laughs> okay, listen, okay. listen. I'm more worried about what that's going to have an effect on the University of Utah football team because Jen Shaw's husband happens to be the secondary coach that's for right. the University of Utah. <laughs> so like, yeah, and like, if you, I don't know if you watched any Utah football this year, but the secondary was rough. <laughs> Usually, yeah, that's that kind of shook all season long. Yeah, I mean, like, Sharif was going through it. Okay, we got an All American in Clark Phillips, but everyone other than that, like, we saw what happened in the Rose Bowl when Clark Phillips didn't play. <laughs> and like we can't we gotta we gotta turn this thing around and i don't know maybe it'll be a big weight lifted off of uh coach shaw's chest but jury's still out on that one yeah. you remove a distraction and you know what that's addition by my wife was a team cancer <laughs> she's horrible for the locker room <laughs> national championship or bust next year yeah <laughs> listen if we don't at least make the playoffs Heads are going to roll. I mean, yeah. I mean, we might have to get rid of Whittingham for our often for our defensive coordinator. He got caught using the N word. That's oh, that yeah. would be great for everybody. Good old Slurbin Meyer. <sighs> Gosh. Uh. Anyway, back to the article. Oh yeah, yeah sorry, right. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <D-Rail. laughs> sorry. I got a little uh, got a little caught in thought about Utah football and got upset. Uh, <laughs> It's surely a story that Smith will be it's a story that Smith will surely be telling in some form or another. Plenty over the next few days as he plays role of host to celebrities and power players and thousands of other visitors head to Salt Lake City for the NBA's All-Star Weekend. Smith and his wife Ashley hope to position themselves as foremost representatives of the state of Utah, not just his basketball team. The Smiths hope they can sh- they can show the image their image of Utah to the world and in doing so change the perception of our community. Good fucking luck. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're never like, I'm, I feel like between the two of us, Jordan and I, we're like, we're fairly decently traveled people. And we've, you know, we've lived out this side of the state and we've been a few places. It's like every single time you tell someone you're from Utah, the very, very first question you get is, are you Mormon? Like one all-star game is not going to change that. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Like, thank you for the effort. Like, I appreciate it. Like, I, I, I really do. I think it's a, it's a, a noble cause to try to uh, 
erase some of these stereotypes. But again, it's going to take more than, a, you know, like a John ja Morant alley-oop to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three days of just like a slam dunk contest, three-point contest, and like an exhibition game is somehow, I don't think, going to like change a whole lot of people who are going to forget about this by about Tuesday. But anyway... The Smith's approach to All-Star Weekend has gone beyond that of the typical ownership group that hosts the event often. The team's owner simply gives the event planning to the NBA. It's their party, after all. But if you don't, if you talk to those who are used to working with the NBA and host the annual event, they'll note that Ryan and Ash Smith are doing more than usual handshaking. For example, they've toured the Salt Palace multiple times, planning every aspect of the NBA crossover event. On Monday, Ryan Smith toured Vivint Arena, making sure its new setup is ready. So it seems like his like real plan for planning things is just like walking around and looking at things. Like he's Leo DiCaprio in Grey Gatsby, like, look at all of my cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I guess it's good to have some whimsy as you're like trying to like be like a like a, just a big shot owner in the NBA, but also at the same point too, it feels like kind of letting the NBA run the show is I don't know. I would probably want to do that a little bit more. Does it come off as a little tryhard to you guys? Because it kind of feels a little tryhard to me. These fucking uniforms, the fucking uniforms for this thing come off as tryhard. Like yeah. the only thing I can really compare them to is those like Latvian ones that they wore for the Olympics, except for it's not even <laughs> the cool like Grateful Dead <laughs> printing on it. Yeah. <sighs> Quote, it's really special how involved they've been. I've just been highly, highly impressed, NBA Senior Vice President of Event Strategy and Development Joey Grisano said. Quote, they want to make sure they are curating every moment of this experience in partnership with the NBA. So why are the Smiths doing all this? Well, they've made no secret of their intentions. They want to change the perception of Utah around the world to the international audience of the All-Star Game watchers and the tens of thousands of people who will fly in over the coming days. I mean... Once again, like, what are you going to, like, do for, like, to change the perception? Like, because the only thing to do with, like, Salt Lake this weekend and all that, too, is, like, I guess you go tour Temple Square, but, like, that's not going to help matters a whole lot either. I don't know. Skiing? Skiing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the reason people are here is, you know, especially Utah in the wintertime is that it's, you know, you go up into the mountains and... You know, you experience that. That's like 95% of the reason why I live in Utah. <laughs> shit, shit, even like Sundance is over, so you can't even like have that right. as a fallback. They should yeah. have extended Sundance another week or two, just like keep that going just Coincide, a little bit for that. Yeah. Do you know what? I have a theory, though, about this whole changing of the perceptions and trying to ooh and ah. And that is, once Russell Westbrook is waived... The Utah Jazz. I was going to ask you about this. Will have sixty million dollars in cap space coming into next season, and fifteen unprotected draft picks. And I have a feeling they're going to go heavy at trying to build some, you know, build a team around Larry Markin and Walker Kessler. And I think they're trying to change some minds because Utah has never <laughs> been. <laughs> Utah's never <laughs> been much why, of a way to, why to change perceptions of Utah. Build a team around Walker Kessler and Lori right, Markin. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, you're gonna run over. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that like they're gonna. I think you're going to see the Utah Jazz try to swing for the fences this off season, um, because as as Caucasian as they may be, 
they're they're quite good players and they've kind of uh pressed the fast forward button on the utah jazz's uh rebuild that we all thought was going to take five or six years and i think you can probably take a few years off of that and i think it's going to start being go mode and i know there's a part of me that thinks they want to try to convince people like hey so-and-so guy who's pretty good on a dog shit team uh you want to sign with us you know we got a whole lot of money and you know maybe salt lake doesn't suck as bad as everyone thinks it thinks it does i don't know i would i would nod to tradition and go sign jabari parker and his surgically repaired knees just a <laughs> perfect just a little mormon community outreach there yeah sure <laughs> i mean that was always that was the that was the big thing when he got into the league was like the Jazz were dog shit during those. Those were the Ty Corbin days. And everyone was like, we got to tank. We got to get Jabari Parker. <laughs> it would have been a home run, kind of. Honestly, <laughs> I still remember a couple of years back with like the biggest applause any player got. This I think this was Donovan Mitchell's uh, rookie year. And the Jazz, I remember the biggest applause any player got that year was Jimmer Fredette. Yeah, when he came in at the garbage time. Yeah, he garbage time, and he scored like four points and went zero for ten. But the entire crowd just lost it because <laughs> their dear sweet boy had made it in the league. Yeah, once again, just changed those perspectives yeah, one player sure. time. Yeah, yeah, sure, we give the highest applause for the whatever great white hope comes along. But you know what? We're, we're getting better. <laughs> oh, all right. Quote, I think about just the opportunity to showcase Utah, Ashley Smith said. We're massively passionate about Utah. What a cool opportunity for everyone else to see what we see. We kind of have it all here. That's what I always say. Utah has it all. Except for, you know, like religious freedom or, you know, like. <laughs> uh, working infrastructure. Uh, the ability know, for, like trans people to be themselves you know non-corrupt government you know you know just things we're kind of missing out on <laughs> ashley smith is an amazing person too just because like she has an office in the like in the like vivid smart home arena like right next to ryan smith's and i don't know what she does what do you do if your husband like if, if you're you and your husband are worth eight billion dollars how I don't do they know. make their money uh, so okay you know better than me greg take it away Well, so ultimately what it was is that Ryan Smith's dad uh, developed a software. Like it was basically started off as like a survey company where they were able to then like collect data from, you know, all, all sorts of different companies. And then they were able to create things like net promoter score. And like it was basically like a way to implement feedback. Oh, okay. And then uh, as the years have passed, it's, it's basically turned into Skynet from the Terminator series. Okay, so it's taking a decidedly sinister turn. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it kind of sort of had a small part to play in that Cambridge Analytica scandal where oh, people. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. It's really good so- survey software to also just bake the minds of anyone over the age of like 50. <laughs> anyway, where were we going with this? Oh, yeah. In particular, they want people to know that. <laughs> about Utah's tech scene, the so-called Silicon Slopes, which the <laughs> affirmation one we talked about. Uh, we are a prime example of not just a theory about tech, but about what happens what, when it actually works, Smith said. Naturally, a higher reputation of Utah among tech-savvy folks serves a benefit to Smiths, but they believe telling the story benefits the state as well. Like any state, you can show the lowlights. That's easy. 
but the state has so many highlights, and we've been the beneficiaries of that. First, I just, <laughs> it really is funny, like the texting, like they're highlighting that right now too, because like a sizable portion of it collapsed in like the last couple of months once they started raising interest rates. Because yeah, like, there's been massive layoffs by just about every one of these companies. <laughs> I've had multiple friends lose their jobs Guys, in like the last couple couple months. Bad news, our uh, business plan of just coasting on free money for uh, an indeterminate amount of time until a bigger company buys us um, has not panned out. So anyway, we got Tone Loke to play you out as you enter your desk. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Like, I I can't tell you like Silicon slopes. It it just felt like the whole thing's just built on sand. And like, if there's any sort of like economic adjustment, the whole thing's going to fall apart. But you know, then again, where else isn't that happening in America? So let's keep going. Living the dream. (laughs) Living the dream. Uh, I used to drive up to Salt Lake and there was a massive gap between American Fork and Bluffdale or Sandy that doesn't exist anymore, Smith said. Those are all suburbs of Salt Lake. It's not important. You just need to move on. Uh, It's filled with a massive tech hub, which most states are pretty jealous of because what it's done is brought jobs. It's created one of the fastest growing economies. Uh, We'll see, said the Zen master. With hosting duties comes hospitality responsibilities, meeting sponsors, players, fellow team owners, and so much more during the weekend. In fact, the schedule is such that it's literally impossible for Ryan Smith to meet all the appointments he has during the All-Star Weekend in Salt Lake City this week. That's why he and Ashley, who is also a registered owner of the Jazz franchise, are taking a, quote, divide-and-conquer strategy to the week, together combating a schedule that has so many items per day that both expect their responsibilities to run them ragged over the weekend. What are you doing? Well, I, I don't know. They're... They're showing off their shiny things. Why is that so taxing? I don't know. That that is honestly a good question. You got a like lot other... of things, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess it's true. <laughs> do you do you just really need to like? Uh, we gotta go meet with the. Uh, who, like, who's well, he even did coming say he to was town? Kind of a fame whore, right? So like maybe oh, he yeah. had all these little social appointments to. Yeah, yeah so he's he, uh, he's he's kissing a lot of babies and shaking a lot of hands. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, who's a famous owner that's just like kind of a like, like we really got to go meet he's gonna our go play, with, He's going to go have a, a, a blues band jam practice with James Dolan. Yeah, we're going to go have a hang <laughs> sesh with James Dolan as James Dolan just strums a guitar for two hours for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to reminisce about all the free agents they didn't sign. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Ainge is just going to go just like try and get in a fight with. Um, He's going to go and try to kick the shit out of Pat Riley. <laughs> that son of a bitch here. <laughs> and that's why they brought Dwayne Wade in as a, just a little bit of a trap <laughs> for Pat Riley. Between the two of them. <laughs> uh, their events were, were scheduled to start Wednesday. Today, when they would begin the day by day hosting of for an event for jazz employees celebrating the work they've done, putting their weekend together. 
Then both Ryan and Ashley plan to head to the Encircle campus in Salt Lake City, where they'll, well, they'll join NBA trailblazers like Jason Collins, the first openly gay NBA player, to speak to Utah LGBTQ youth about their stories. That seems kind of like a bit of a fuck you since, um, you know, we just became the first state to pass like like a ban on minor trans healthcare at all. So, And also uh, because like... They they used the All Star Game last year to as like a kind of a cudgel to try and stop like the uh, trans sports bill here in Utah as well. And then everyone from Ryan Smith to the NBA was like, "Hey, you better not do that." And then Utah did it anyway. And yeah, fast, now the fast forward one here. year, and you know the Utah legislature got exactly what they wanted, and then some. Like it started off as a uh, like a ban on high school trans athletes from. Uh, from competing in this new bill is a straight up block of uh, gender reassignment surgery, both top and bottom for minors, as well as the blocking or like uh, the, the outlawing of puberty blockers. Like it's a full fledged anti-trans bill for anybody who is a minor. Yeah. Yeah. It fucking blows. Like it's Um, so much, it's so much worse if you think about it than the bathroom bill. That got the All Star Game taken away from Charlotte a couple years ago. Yeah, but yeah, they threatened it, to do it until they took out yeah. HB one. But yeah, that is a good point. It's it is weird how that's sort of become. I don't know. It's like uh, just the the window, the Overton window shifting that much in just right. a handful of years. Yeah, it's 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 not a good sign. I mean, I don't know what else you can say about that. But also just like the fact that like they tried last year and it didn't work and it's like, well, we tried. No, oh, well, anyway, good luck to all of you. <laughs> and then I think I mean at that point it would just be too I think it was too late cuz they passed that bill just last like a couple of weeks ago and like by then everything had been completely cemented for the All-Star game, but it was just I mean the the Utah legislature they played the long game and they got what they wanted. Yeah, but they also at the same point too. Like you can always find like an alternate venue for this too. Like yeah, I mean, you, I know there's. You think I would? I would hope, but that's not what happens. <laughs> well, well, fuck you. We're taking this eight hours south to Vegas. I, right. I, I hope you're happy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, let's keep going. On Thursday, they will kick off the NBA crossover convention at the Salt Palace before Ryan heads to the first ever NBA All Star Pitch Competition. Essentially, it's like the ABC show Shark Tank. Eight black Uh entrepreneurs, including four from Utah, will get a chance to pitch Smith, jazz minority owner Ryan Sweeney, American Express Elizabeth Rutledge, and United Master CEO Steve Stout on their business ideas. This motherfucker wants to be Mark Cuban so (laughs) badly. It's like, it's easy. Steve Stout stand in for Damon John. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's like they're literally got Yeah, like you got the, yeah, like the token rich black guy. (laughs) Like, oh my God. Yeah, but it's different because it's woke. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god but also that's, that's so bad that is really so bad like it's i mean it's he does pain. have he does have one up on mark cuban he didn't sign or he didn't trade for Kyrie irving <laughs> and, and, and also i don't think ryan smith likes to get drunk and get kind of handsy with people yeah, allegedly that's fair and also pretty much just ran a good non-stop sexual harassment factory but you know i digress go mavs <laughs> That'll lead well into Friday's NBA Tech Summit, an annual event that's the that's an obvious point of knowledge for Smith. He'll present there. Meanwhile, Ashley will participate in the NBA's Day of Service for, at the Volunteers of America office in South Salt Lake. 
working to distribute food, food through the Utah Food Bank, the Smiths will meet up to work with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver at a later food service event. How many fucking food service events are there? Before Ryan heads to the NBA Celebrity Game at the Huntsman Center on Friday afternoon. There he and Dwayne Wade are captains of, for the two teams. Essentially, neither will play in the game, but both will be participating in shooting contests during quarter breaks that can unlock new scoring opportunities for both teams, like a four-point shot. Shortly thereafter, Smith will have to head to Vivian Arena to watch Jazz rookie Walker Kessler play in the Rising Star Contest Friday night. This doesn't sound hard. This also, also, it's a little pathetic that he's inserting himself into the proceedings like this. It's a little embarrassing. I mean, come on. Like, me and my he's completely, no, yeah, he's completely knows who the fuck himself. you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and my good friend Dwayne Wade are here to run this whole thing. Oh, it's, man. it's 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 pathetic. Like that's there's nothing you can really say about that except for like I this is this fancy new toy I bought and I got to show it to every kid in the neighborhood now. Ah, oh, so bad. Also, in those like quarter breaks that for shooting contests, I'm going to put my money on Dwayne Wade on those over Ryan Smith. I just have a hunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Late Friday, Smith is also hosting a party for the NBA Board of Governors, the other ownership groups around the league who come to All-Star Weekend. Security for that party is extremely strict, I'm told. Yeah, because once again, we can't let anyone get close to Mark Cuban if he's had two or three drinks. Oh, my God. Allegedly. Saturday gets crazy, too. The pair are hosting an NBA, quote, newsmakers breakfast for those important folks around the association who will also attend the all-star practice that morning. Then they'll attend the HBCU Classic at the Huntsman Center before trying to get down to the snowboarding rail jam at the Gateway, starting at 3 p.m. After what, is, what does snowboarding have to do with the NBA All-Star Weekend? Like, I love snowboarding. Don't, like, that seems like a lot of dissonance there. I don't know. That seems weird. Because we have to take care of the industry. Fair. Okay, fine. It's about showcasing what's great about Utah. And what's better than Utah about snowboarding in the middle of an urban area that's never allowed snowboarding before? <laughs> Uh, let's see. What else. And on the final day of All-Star Week, and the Smith hopes to attend the NBA League Legends Brunch, the NBA G League Next Up game, and of course, the All-Star game itself. Quote, we're going we're gonna to be going, and we might be dragging five kids along, but like, it's okay, Ryan Smith said. We can just make it work. Motherfucker, all you're doing is watching like four or five different sports. You're watching basketball events. games. Oh my God, like, like, you could just get to go up to like famous people like... Wow, aren't you, I don't know, insert NBA player from like 1994. (laughs) Aren't you Tom Chambers? (laughs) Oh, Tom Chambers is going to be there. One, he played for the Jazz, and two, he's Mormon. (laughs) He he went to the University of Utah. That's what I was thinking. If if these guys had any dignity, they would change it from Team Ryan and Team Dwayne to Team Chambers and Team Ostertag. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I will tell you right now that if if that happened, I would be at every local music festival in a Team Ostertag jersey this summer. Listen, I will tell you this right now. Greg Ostertag might be one of the nicest human beings on the planet, just judging by his Instagram profile, because he just seems like a just like a decent, like goofy oaf of a person. Like yeah, I he's think like, like the least problematic 
one of like that starting lineup who made it to the finals. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I remember this one story that like, um, oh, what's his name? The uh, British center for the Jazz. I can't remember his name. Crap! I gotta look at that bird. Who, who was it? Uh oh, John Amici. That's ah. who it was. He like before he came out as game. I started to say Mark Eaton. Is Mark Eaton British? <laughs> no, he, he even worse. I think he's from California. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a UCLA guy. Yeah, he was. But yeah, uh, John Amici was like before he came out as gay and all that too. Like Greg Oshag just came up to him once. He was like, "Dude, are you gay?" And like John Amici was like. Greg, yeah, I, I, I am. And then Greg goes, I just went like, cool. <laughs> and like, that was it. <laughs> oh, your tags. So man. wait, he really was his character from that Whoopi Goldberg movie? <laughs> yeah, he was. From Eddie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Greg Ostertag, like, just seems like a decent human being altogether. Cool. Like, like, out of those Stockton and Malone teams, like, that might be oof. the only person, like, woof. Not a whole lot of decent human beings to be found in that 97, 98 jazz team, but. Listen, if anybody ever besmirches the good name of Adam Keefe. <laughs> <laughs> you have to kid, deal with me. Hail the fame from the Foster House. <laughs> I remember like his kid played for Stanford too. And like the, I'd see him play against Utah. I was like, Keefe. I better not be related to who I think it is. And like, oh, fuck it is. Now I'm just old. Ugh. How successful will the All-Star Game be at promoting the new image of Utah? While the event has both sporting and cultural cachet, it's simply not a big deal for most Americans. Truthfully, Smith probably has outsized expectations about what one week can do the state, about his state's perception. He's made no secret that he, is, he hopes it's going to be a transformative event, or at the very least, a first step in that process. Quote, all the lights will be on us, Smith said. For example... But I think it's just one more compelling event on a series that we need to have, and we should have, and we're going to have. What what do we need to prepare for in Olympics and different things like that? Ugh, we're gonna get the Olympics again, aren't we? We really are. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna blow. Like it's like I, th- I think about like when two thousand two came around. And I was like thirteen. It's like man, this this kind of sucks. The thing in the back of my mind the entire time that you've been reading this article and, you know, it seems to really be precedented on this just unlimited, untapped potential of Utah, you know, and really showing it off to the world and like wanting this to be like a very premier place. And the thing that that, that not only Ryan Smith, but our governor and our elected officials love to talk about is that Utah is one of the fastest growing uh states in the nation um, and that Salt Lake is really experiencing this this full cultural uh, uh, renaissance but the fact of the matter is it's not sustainable like every other article that comes out about this state is we don't have any fucking water yeah but you don't need that to live like it's just there's just so much cognitive dis like just it, it, it like rattles my brain to think about it that like you have all of these major people in power talking about like again the untapped potential of this place when like that's not that's not realistic in the slightest and like this is not sustainable and like we can't support it 
No, I mean, we haven't been able to support it for like 20 years now. Like that's, yeah. the, that's the problem. And as more people come in and as more industry comes in and as more like extractive industries like tech move in, it's not going to get any better. No. Especially, it, oh. Do y'all have ahead, like the same problems? Like when I lived in Las Vegas, they would do shit like during like eight to five or nine to five, like don't shower, like that kind of stuff. Like, is it like a shortage? It's getting there. We should. We should. But the thing about Utah is that we're also one of the most deregulated states in the nation. Mm. Like if you ever want to see libertarianism at work, like come hang out for a month or two in, in Utah. Cause yeah, it really you, you is the most stole our coal industry from us. <laughs> yeah. Abs- yeah. We, we have carbon County. That's true. <laughs> and we only had the sixth national guard on them three times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's really hard just because like, like as like resource intense as like Utah has to be to survive in the future, there's just no chance of it dude. because like our legislature is just built off of people who are mainly just trying to strip the copper wiring from the building and just like sell it for profit. Like that's it. Like, like every single institution we have is just getting torn apart, especially like public education because we have multiple people in the legislature who profit off of like charter schools. Yeah. It's, it's it's just it's not that, good. It's so interesting to see like a place that's been hollowed out like that now coming into its own like several years like too late after like you don't really see that usually. Usually there's like a story of like this place was great and then industry took what it wanted and now it's like a husk of itself. It sounds like in y'all's case it's like all these things have been going on for years and years and years and years and have set the tone and things are really bad. And then now all of a sudden it's kind of an it place to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, There's a terrible irony there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, it's like seeing the locust horde that's coming across the mountain and starting to descend into the valley. And then you start seeing the clouds with the frogs come down at the same time too. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Like, fuck, really? <laughs> so it's a major thing. Anyway, I want to close this out with just one last sentence in here too. It's just the final one. Smith, meanwhile, is a growing Utah celebrity in his own right. In so many ways, he's following in the footsteps of Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. I hate this <laughs> yes! guy. Yes! I hate this guy so much. <laughs> Who turned his tech business into a high-profile NBA executive spot, then into a great deal of international renown. And this week, it appears, is the Smiths' announcement party their grandest stage. Yeah, he just wants to be Mark Cuban. That's all he wants. That's so pathetic. Also, it's like <laughs> two tech billionaires with a penchant for uh, uh, anchoring their teams with white guys. It's like. <laughs> yeah, we know. love it's... the fundamentals here in Utah. <laughs> I, I feel like that was like probably discussions when they were deciding to rebuild and all that too. He's just like, he grabbed Danny Ainge too. He was like, I don't care what you do. You can get rid of Gobert. You can get rid of, you can get rid of Donovan. I don't care. But you land me a European guy you, you can land shoot. me a Euro. <laughs> Preferably tall. <laughs> That's all I want. Uh, it's, it, it is something, too, because like I feel like the, one of the worst things about this one, too, is like I don't know what kind of effect like this weekend's going to have on like more marginalized populations here, too. Like I feel like this is just going to be one of those things where they're just going to try and push like homeless people off to the off 
as far as possible from like downtown and like just moved them into things. And then, well, of course, we like, covered that on, on, on the on the show on Monday. That's exactly yeah. what they're trying to like. They're literally trying to hide the homeless population of Salt Lake City. Yeah, it's the state and the city is just like playing hot potato with like people because they don't want to fund extra shelters because there's a moratorium on there right now because they think, well, if we fund more shelters, they'll just get more homeless people because that fucking makes sense. Uh, oh, and yeah. like and like you said. On our last episode too, Jordan, like find me a major sporting event and I can find you, you know, a dozen crimes against humanity. That's oh, just yeah. kind of how the world works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, like this isn't the World Cup in Qatar, but like, you know, there are levels to this sort of thing, but that doesn't, you know, I'm not I trying mean, to like downplay what's going on here in our in our our great city. I mean, let's generally just be honest. This is a practice run for if you saw Lake gets a 2030 Olympics or 2034. Absolutely. Like this is just pretty much like, all right, let's see what we can get away with for these two or three days. And people won't make too much of a fuss about it. And if we get away with that, maybe we can expand that out to three, four five weeks and maybe in perpetuity. Who knows? <laughs> God, it sucks. <laughs> oh man. But anyway, maybe I'll, Go catch a practice for 50 bucks or something like that. <laughs> that is that is one of the things that gets to me too, is just because like if this feels like a Roman triumph for like just one guy to like show off his toy. Mm-hmm. It's so the, when I saw that he's like sponsored one of the celebrity team things, it's just like it's so weird to like, you know, like like Mark Cuban, I feel like at least as a reality TV star. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's, I don't know. That's just so weird. And it's like, he's, go ahead. Yeah. And he'll sit on the sideline, but like Mark Cuban won't get involved that much. Yeah. Like he, he's like, he has like Jimmy Buffett level of involvement in NBA teams. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he'll get tossed out every now and then too, but generally he won't do more than that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just, and it's like, it's very weird. This whole, you like, again, like, you just think about sports in general and they really are just, you know, billionaire playthings. And like it's this is in the same vein and I find it really gross. Like we just watched the Super Bowl, you know, the first person they hand the Super Bowl trophy to is the owner. Or like really in any sport, Stanley yeah. Cup, you know, Larry O'Brien trophy, whatever. And it's just it's just that's always rubbed me the wrong way. It's like you you didn't do anything. And like, especially for the fact like Ryan, I know it's very in vogue to say this right now, but Ryan Smith is the poster boy for Nepo baby. In that, yeah. like, he wasn't the one who developed the technology. That was his father. And he happened to be, you know. Born into this family, his father basically bequeathed him this company that he was, you know, then able to sell to S and P and make billions of dollars on. So, like, he actually has nothing to do with the day to day operations of this anymore. No, not at all. Oh my like, God. I so I used to like spoiler alert. I used to work for Ryan Smith at Qualtrics years ago, and even back then. He wasn't like really all that involved in the day to day. Like I'll give him credit in that, you know, if you're going to run this major corporation, like you got to put the right people in the right places. And he seemed to be able to put that puzzle together quite, quite well. But like, you know, it kind of seems like, like the higher you get up on the totem pole when it comes to these things, the fewer and fewer responsibilities you have. Yeah. And that, that definitely seemed to ring true for Ryan. Yeah. It's the, it's the make work job that junior takes over when, when 
pop gives up the factory or whatever. Right. <laughs> and of course it's like everything he does has to be like a real try hard. Like I, I, I earned this. I, I have to be here. So like, I'm sure he's probably a terror to work for too, because, or not necessarily one, but just really intense to be around because he feels like he has to prove something to everyone. Yeah. But also like has that same kind of like when you reach that status and you're the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company, like it's very easy to surround yourself with people who fawn over you. Listen, I, I just respect them for like coming out with that clothing line for the jazz. It essentially just looks like those shirts that you could have ordered when you were a senior in high school that just has like your year of when you graduated. <laughs> 2006, baby. We're busting out of here. <laughs> Oh man! Anyway, the All Star Game is going to be great. I'm so Woo! excited for ignoring it completely and just trying to avoid downtown to, to like a plague. I'm looking at these damn rosters, and man, <laughs> it sucks. I don't know half the people in the celebrity game, and like I kind of I'm, I'm wearing that as a bit of a badge of honor. Yeah, it really seems like they kind of burned all their powder on Janelle Monet, and that was about it. <laughs> Which I hope Janelle Monet is having a great day. I hope she has a great day every day for the rest of her life. What is she doing in a shithole like this? <laughs> <laughs> I thought Alex Toussaint, I thought that was Alan Toussaint at first. And I was like, one, I think he's dead. But two, if he's not, he's got to be like 85. But it's it's not. Just, does a, just does a Euro step and his <laughs> ankle just turns into sand. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think he's going to have really good uh, transition defense. But you know what? We can give it a try. Yeah. Albert Pujols. Like, it was one of those guys that's like too jacked to like play basketball. Like, yeah. You know, he's like his arms, he can't reach up. You know? Yeah. Can he even reach up above, above his head to grab a rebound? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, these are terrible teams <laughs> oh my god yeah they're bad oh shit the miz all right well at least there's like some some sort of athleticism there calvin johnson oh okay but hassan, like hassan minaj perfect <laughs> yeah there's a good matchup right there have hassan minaj guard megatron <laughs> <laughs> I might tune in for that. I mean, honestly, just like Megatron just dunking him to hell. That'd be yeah, perfect. The most physically gifted receiver in the history of the NBA against a stand-up comedian. I love this yes. game already. Sneakerhead stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it really feels like Team Ryan kind of got a little bit of the pick of the litter there. And it seems like Team Dwayne got kind of a... Shit into the stick. Well, Dwayne Wade's player owner here, right? So, oh, is Dwayne Wade playing? Yeah, like he's just gonna be able to cook any of these. <laughs> like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, not, not great. <laughs> it would be kind of funny to see Dwayne Wade just dunk on Guillermo from from Jimmy Kimmel. That would be very. <laughs> I'd be into that. Sign me up. I got my Friday night plans. I may not be in town this weekend, you know, but I got nothing else to do. I'm going to be in the desert. I'll be tuning in. Maybe I'll go downtown and just like report live or something like that. You should again. Man we, on we, the street. Yeah. Yeah. We need to. We need to set money. up. We need to s s set up the official BYM TikTok account. Yeah. Just just get like the Hassan Piker like streaming apparatus <laughs> on my body, and there's like, hopefully I don't get shot by somebody who thinks I'm a suicide bomber, but. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I think we should probably put a bow on this thing. What do we say? I think so. We've uh, talked about this one fairly insignificant weekend for um, far too long, I think. Almost an hour and a half. <laughs> We, we we barely even got any digs on on John Stockton though. That's that's a, that's a tragedy right there. Oh man, that's a, that's what I, that's what I came with was my Stockton material here. <laughs> nobody nobody teed me up. Well, he's the only one dishing out assists, so I mean it's hard. <laughs> well, you know, much like John Stockton, we all had our chances to take our shots, and we simply chose not to. <laughs> And now this episode's going to die suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, guys, uh, thanks for having me. Anytime. Tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, I'm uh, Yeah, Twitter at Tom Sexton or the, at the Trillbillies. And uh, yeah, come check out my show. If you're not like if you're a fan of this show, you should be listening to the Trillbillies because they're a lot better than we are. Oh my God. I don't know about all that. <laughs> Very kind. Of so. Well, I think, yeah, again, let's put a bow on this thing. Thank you all for listening. We will catch you all next week. Take care, be safe and enjoy that all-star weekend. <laughs> Bye everybody. Bye. Yeah.